fucking die to get three points. And they're here. I wouldn't even let them on the bus after the match. I get a taxi back to Manchester. <laughs> it's a fact. I'm not playing mind games. I'm talking about facts. He can't take it, can he? He can't take it. He just can't take it. Boom. <laughs> <laughs>
signings go at the moment, I've, I do think they need to just get on with signing Thiago because I think he's uh, going to be snapped up by another club otherwise. I mean, also also the fact that Liverpool haven't really run the risk of, well, particularly last year, didn't have many, if I recall anyway, too many injuries, so they haven't had to necessarily play um, play their bench options. So what, what would be the case if uh, Mane or Salah got injured this year? You know, if they had to have Origi for more than the stretch of games, if they had to, had to have him for a few months in the side starting each week, you know, when you got the likes for Man City, um, Sterling, Mares, their new um, uh, signing, Torres on the wings, you know, they've got plenty of options, but, you know. Yeah, exactly. Is Origi that and quality? F- yeah. But you've got to think as well, uh, this season, uh, there, there was the big, the big break because of uh, lockdown and COVID and stuff. So they did have the chance to get uh, some fitness back for the players and all that. So I think this season, uh, I think they're going to uh, know the density again because they've got all the competitions coming back. Um, and I think they're going to want to uh, start getting all the FA Cups and uh, all the other trophies now. Obviously, Premier League was the main priority last year, but I think now they're going to have to look at it and be like, look, we need to try and actually go for every trophy here. And I don't think that's going to happen unless they don't improve them. Um, their squad depth. The team at the top of the table after game week one is Arsenal, in which they look dominant over promoted side Fulham. The Gunners won 3-0, with new signing Gabriel getting on the score sheet and William bagging a brace of assists. Must have been the first I've ever seen him beat the first man at the corner in all my years of watching him as well. A man seemingly on the way out for the Reds is goalkeeper Emi Martinez, as he closes in on a £20 million move to Aston Villa. Josh, as someone who's seen Emi Martinez um, in his Reading days, do you believe he should have stayed and competed with Eno for the starting role after impressing so much when the German was injured? Or was the transfer offer too good to refuse? In Arsenal's case, at least anyway. I think for, in terms of Emi Martinez, I, like he loves Arsenal as a football club. He's been there for so many years and he does love it there. But I think he's got to that point now where he's like, I'm not actually personally achieving anything myself and he wants to get first team minutes. So I think that's why he's keeping his options open as a uh, move away. And I think to someone like a, a Villa or a club like that, it's a great signing for them because he's proven, I mean, he won the FA Cup with them and he's proven that he is a good goalkeeper. I mean, Leno is better, I think, but... Uh, like he's a better shot stopper, but Emi Martinez has shown that he's got like potentially better distribution than Leno. So, I think um, on the ball, Emi Martinez is better in that respect. Um, and that's that's why I think I think he knows that he's not as good a shot stopper as Leno. So I think that's why he was open to a move away, and I think it's the right decision for all parties, to be honest. I mean, you you say that, but when he obviously when he did have his run on the side, he had won the over the course. I think of the Premier League. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was either won the top or the top say percentage during the amount of games he had in that league um, for when he played. But obviously, it was it is a tough one for him because obviously he he wasn't guaranteed the minutes. And to be honest, it's not like Leno was out of form. He was actually having a very good season before that he had the fact that he got injured. It's, you know, Martin had just come in and. and was unexpectedly um, amazing for them, but I do understand. I do think personally it was the right decision for them to stick with their uh, stick with Leno. And to be fair, I mean, twenty million. You don't know if this is just a run of form for Martinez. He hasn't been this good before. This is the first we've seen him in being this good. Um, I think he definitely is arse. You take it and invest further in the pitch for them because they still have a few areas they need they need to work on. Yep, I agree. They could get twenty million for him, spend like I don't know, eight million on another decent championship goalkeeper, for example, and then they could choose the other twelve to go towards well, what forever seems like getting Thomas Pye. Yeah, anything to get close to that fifty million. <laughs> yeah, I think they're doing yeah. whatever they can. They're sending up a crowdfunder for Arsenal fans to set up. I think the money <laughs> troops is getting for um um what's it called in America where he's got his new podcast um, he'll be trying to help set up that and get the funds over 
I think it's a good move for all parties, really. What troops moving um, from Arsenal fan TV to Barstow? No, that's, no. that's the one I'm trying to think. That's such a dick. Um, no, uh, no, because that's uh, definitely a move. That's an Arsenal fan TV Mod, move. Mod says Aston, <laughs> Mod says uh, Aston Villa on Arsenal. I think, um, I think he could have pers- personally. I think he could have done better than Aston Villa. But um, if he's going to get first in football, then he might as well go for it. Elsewhere. Mourinho's debut without the Amazon cameras wasn't to be, as Spurs fell to the blue side of Merseyside. <laughs> Barley was on fire as he put his golden boot defence to a good start with two of Leicester's three goals against West Brom. And Chelsea, maybe unconvincingly, got all three points against Brighton, with Rhys James with the pick of the goals, helping Chelsea would get a 3-1 victory at the Amex Stadium. The headlines, though, from that game are once again with Kepa, Ariza Balaga. Oh, Jesus oh, Christ. Oh. <laughs> he was at fault once again for the only goal of the game that Chelsea conceded. Obviously, he hasn't lived up to the hype and, well, specifically the transfer fee. And with Edouard Mendy seemingly on the way in, is it time, you guys feel, for the club to move on and accept their losses? And and talking about Mendy, will he be the right man? Do you guys reckon? I want to hear your thoughts about this. Uh, I think Kepa, uh, well, <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I think they've got to just deal with the fact that Kepa is not a good goalie for what they thought they were paying for. Um, I've never really liked him, even in that cup final with Sarri. Uh, I've never liked him since then. Oh, agreed. Uh, I think I think he's a player that uh, believed in his own hype when he joined and... Um, yeah, I don't think it's worked out for him or the club. I mean, the fact that William William Caballero has played so many minutes as well <laughs> since he's come in, I think says enough. And that guy's need he's like what thirty nine. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, that's, that's. I mean, yeah, I think I think Chelsea have kind of accepted that they're going to cut their losses with Kepper. Um, the thing is, I don't know what ha- we we get for him even. If we ever got half what we paid, the half of that 70 million, it'd be amazing. Because he's not just been <laughs> I, bad, he's been the worst keeper in the league in pretty much by some distance. You should just sign Blooming Emmy Martinez, mate. Okay, no, we're not again. <laughs> Maybe not that, but <laughs> he had a good run, but <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so, it's something like. Um, I saw today, obviously, conceding another shot from outside the box. Since the start of the 2018-19 season, Kepa's, um, Kepa's conceded the most goals outside the area of any keeper in the league, 19. That's the most, yeah. Most that's insane. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that just... you, you, you'd think he's like a four-foot goalkeeper. He's, bloody, <laughs> he's actually pretty, like, pretty tall. Yeah, but we saw it like against Brighton that the ball went under him. Yeah, the fact yeah, that's what he that's got what, there. So when I watched comfortably, it, yeah. So when I save. watched it, I thought, oh, that's a that's a really good like goal, and it was a good goal. But then when I watched a replay, I was just like, that is ridiculous. I don't know how it managed to go under him. Like I just think I oh, I don't get it. Obviously, Dino, your your feeling has got to be worse. But man, he's oh. um, he, he's he's something else. It's something like that as well. Um, I mean, again, when we every time we have a corner. We're not the best at defending corners as it is. Um, even if, when we once we get a keeper like Mendy with six foot six, um, might be able to tap it a bit, but we're shocking at defending anyway. But we conceded 10 goals from corners, it's mainly because people just ping it into our six yard area and Kepper doesn't even come out for those. He doesn't even try and doesn't even try to handle it, try and boot, boot it away. <laughs> it doesn't even, it just flaps it at best. Do, do you think if he, um, if he doesn't get replaced, do you reckon he'll cost you either a top four or a title? Yeah, well, okay, I, I still, I still think obviously we've got a lot of work to do this season. Getting as it's, it seems tonight, we need to properly gel as a team, get the players going. This is going to take an, probably another season until we get that title push. But yeah, this is the main aim is competing with the likes of United and. Um, United and Spurs and Arsenal for that top four race and trying to be that number number three team essentially. Um, 
And if Kepa's getting the games in, if he's playing, he's, it is frankly going to cost us at times. We're lucky it didn't cost us too badly last year to the fact that we could have been outside of the Champions League spots. Very fortunate in that yeah, sense. I think as well, just uh, just to go off the Brighton game as well, I don't think it was a very convincing win from from Chelsea. Uh, I think, yeah, I think Brighton deserve a point or even the win. I thought they played much better, especially... Um, uh, the right back Tariq Lampardy yeah I thought yeah, he had a very good game, such yeah, a good game. I um, mean I know, I know you're going against Marcus Alonso isn't exactly the hardest challenge but you know he's still he absolutely oh, in all phases of the nutmeg. game <laughs> attacking his crossing his passing and even defensively which I don't know too much about his, he had that in his locker but he, every time we had Mount or Havertz or Loftus-Cheek coming through that left side he's dealt with it with pretty much ease today so, yeah, you know, shout really shout to really Lampley. We're having such a big game. Um, I'm assuming, yeah. going back to goalkeeper, sorry, but um, I'm assuming you guys haven't actually most likely seen Edouard Mendy, who most likely no. will be announced. I'd, probably probably Lampard's pushing for this deal to get done right now. I'd, but yeah, yeah. I've never actually heard of him before Chelsea was going after him. No, I, I don't really know much about. Either. I don't really know much about the transfer. Do you know how much you're paying for him? It's only about twenty mil, which. Oh, okay. Seemingly, I'm just going by like some of his like what what Kepa has when he has like something like he had like a 38 percent shot save percentage or whatever, and yeah. Mendy's got a 76. No, it's a French league, but it's just an upgrade. Yeah, he's six foot six. Yeah. He's he's apparently uh, apparently a big presence, um, especially at corners. He communicates well. Um, oh, this wondering. is everything Kepa is, yeah. and this is everything we yeah. need to help our defense at least. Going forward, <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's even before he saves like the ball. And that's even before he saves yeah. the ball. It'd be really interesting to see uh, how well Chelsea's defense will be when um, uh, Chilwell, Thiago Silva, and uh, Mendy, if he joins, uh, comes in. Yeah, um, I think it will definitely improve without doubt. Um, obviously, mm. you gotta get gotta get Kepper out of the way first. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. I think I think Czech is trying his best to hype him up still and make him attract to to clubs, and I, that's why I don't think we've gone in necessarily for you know your odd blacks or because well I don't think we're going to spend hundred million on black <laughs> anyway. But um, we've we've sort of settled for a guy where it's like if Mendy didn't work out, if Mendy's not very good, we can easily move on to the next person next year. Yeah, like yeah, there would be a club to... that comes in for Kepper as well though. If it, if Buddy, someone can buy Roberto from West Ham and someone can get Kepa from Chelsea. Yeah, that's fair. He might not be that bad then. He might <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, what, whatever what the fee will be, I don't know. I, I, I could see yeah. him getting a loan and trying to convince himself elsewhere to help raise his transfer fee like Bakayoko has done past three seasons. Or uh, mirror the career of Joe Hart, but just don't peak as high. He just dips off, goes on loan to Torino, then uh, Burnley. <laughs> West Ham. Yeah, <laughs> just going everywhere. I end up at Wickham Wanderers. And here we go. This is Paul Baker with your song. Thank you. This is called a special one. Jose, we'd like to thank you for the trophies and the good times too. We'll sing your name at every game. You're the special one, and we all love you. Ready, goes The best in the world, we all know. We didn't ever want you to go. Jose Mourinho, the man who stole the show. You're the special one and you're dynamo. Whoa, whoa. Jose Mourinho, you're special. You're special. You'll always be special, Jose. Last week, we held our predictions for where each team would finish by the end of the season. Now, after a week of games, we decided to pick some player accolades for the Premier League season ahead. Some good and some bad ones to choose from. Let's start, however, with the golden boot. As mentioned earlier, Jamie Vardy picked it up last year, with the likes of Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang and Danny Ings going close. Josh, who wins it for you this year? Uh, So judging off the first game, and the fact that Aubameyang has been close for like, what, two seasons now? As top goal scorer and goal. Well, he was the joint top scorer. Yeah, he was the joint one. 
and then he was close last year. And I think goals Arsenal, like from what we saw, I know it's only against Fulham, but they seem to be committing more bodies forward in attack. And I mean, Williams like providing the service with the excellent cross that he did to Aubameyang to switch it to the other side. And I think that'll only help him get more goals. It'll help them create more chances. And Aubameyang has to have about 50 chances to put one away, but he will get them away. So I think it'll be a Aubameyang for the golden boot this season. And I don't think... I think the closest competition he'll have will be Salah. Yeah. I was literally just about to say, I reckon it'll be between Aubameyang and Salah. And they both consistently, over the last few years, got 20 goals each. And to be honest, neither of them from the first week of the season aren't slowing down. Yeah. I saw a stat uh, the other day and it said Salah since 2017, 2018 had like, I don't know, 112 goals. And the closest since then is like 84. Like, it's just insane. And I reckon he'll do the same again this season. Yeah. What about um, what about Danny Ings? Obviously 22 goals last year. Are we expecting a bit of a regression this year? Or do you think he can keep it up and challenge for that? I hope I hope he can keep it up, but like I don't know whether he will. I don't know whether I don't know whether Southampton have strengthened enough, and I don't know if Redmond's good enough to keep a uh, keep like Southampton's attack like you know consistent over the season. And they're trying that new partnership with Jay Adams, who was clearly a long term replacement for Shane Long. But they dropped Shane Long and Danny Ings kind of didn't really have much of an impact. So yeah. I think um, the big issue with him, so you could you could put a bet on him being top goal scorer, but there'll always be the thought in the back of your mind thinking he could get injured because he has often uh, that has often happened to him. Yeah. So I think if he stays fit. Uh, like he did last season, then I think, I think he can come close again. Um, but I don't think, I don't think he'll have as good a season as he did last year. No, obviously, highly, highly went up above expectations, probably for himself as well. So, um, yeah, even though he's one goal off it last year, it's gonna be hard for him. Uh, I'll throw one more name into the hat for you guys. Um, someone who hasn't reached 20 goals in the past few seasons, but I mean, mainly for the reason you said Danny Ings might not um, this year would be injuries. And that's what Harry Kane's had over the last few years, um, getting 18, I think 17 a year before that, but obviously then a season before that, three years ago, he got 30. So if, if he stays, um, if he can stay fit throughout most of the season, could he get that golden boot? You reckon? Or do you not reckon he's just going to, Fall flat on his feet, and he's just going to pick up another injury. Yeah, I just, I just, yeah, I don't know. He hasn't done enough to tell me that he's going to like. Obviously, James will massively disagree <laughs> if he was here, but like, I don't think last season Harry Kane did enough for me to even put him in con- contention for the Golden Boot this no, season. I, I disagree with that actually. <laughs> uh, because he did have, he did, he was injured for a lot of it, uh, and also in the last like remaining games after lo- lockdown, when the football returned, he scored quite a few goals to keep him competing to try and get that top top four or Europe in the end, um, and I, I do think it's a, it's another one. That's the thing. Like if if he stays fit, then it'd be right. It's like you could say the same about Aguero. If he stays fit. He he could also be in contention, so I think that's that's the problem with a few of these strikers is that they they can get uh, they can get injured, and Aubameyang and uh, Salah are really the the ones I look at that can uh, win that golden boot and stay fit all season. Kane only played, saying that Kane only played in uh, twenty nine games last year, but got eighteen goals. Yeah. So you know, if he can, if he can get thirty-eight or near enough to that, yeah, it'd be right in contention to yeah. 
get the goal and boot. Whether maybe but, Mourinho's foot will hold him back from getting that. Yeah, but I, yeah, I think uh, <laughs> we didn't even mention the current golden boot winner of Jamie Vardy. Um, I don't think he always surprises me every season how many goals he actually scores. But I don't, even though he scored two this weekend, I don't think he'll. I don't think both penalties. Though, to be fair. Yeah, true, <laughs> both true. excellent penalties. Yeah. They're very nicely done. Um but yeah, it's difficult obviously with him, he's what, thirty three? I mean, surely there's a time where we see Jamie Vardy's regression and obviously we haven't really seen it too much yet anyway. Um but it just feels like at any point, you know <laughs> I mean, in FIFA we'd have seen it by now. Football manager we haven't seen it right now. This is real life, we haven't <laughs> truly seen it. <laughs> Um, but it just feels like it's going to eventually fall out and you know you wouldn't for, for someone like him at his age you would say 15 goals is enough of an achievement for him to get this season not yeah, not agree. the 23 that he got last year so yeah. I don't really expect him I do think he will add that sight regression but still getting around 15, 16 uh, moving on because the um, bit of the transfer signings here we're going to start with the best signing and Lewis which club and which which particularly which, particularly which player is going to be the most uh, most crucial signing, be the best one, maybe live up to the transfer fee or maybe be the cheapest bargain okay. buyer the summer. So, uh, so Dean Garner. No, I'm joking. Oh, oh, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm joking. Oh, uh, I mean, he might be right, uh, but Jesus. <laughs> uh, I I've, I've thought about this in two aspects of it. And I'll explain my choice. Uh, so I've gone for so two aspects. I've gone for the like the big name, so the marquee signing, and whether the club actually needed them. So for so I'll go for the one that I think is the best player afterwards. So in terms of marquee signings, I think Havertz is probably the best best one you could, you could go for. Uh, I think it's a good sign of Chelsea, and I think he'll he'll be really good for the club. Uh, in terms of what, in terms of what a club needed, uh, I've gone for Callum Wilson for Newcastle because I think they've been crying out for a goal scorer for years now, and I think he's he's a solid signing for him, especially after the West Ham, especially after the West Ham game. I think uh, I think he'll be a really good signing. Um, Anyone looks t- good against West Ham. <laughs> True. Um, <laughs> But then, in terms of both of the marquee signing and what club needed, uh, I've gone for James Rodriguez uh, from Everton. Uh, I think the twenty-two million was an absolute steal for starters. Um, but in terms of like uh, the what the club needed and stuff, I think um, he's pushed. I think his name alone has pushed Everton to have uh, a bigger status within the league. Uh, and I think he will, not necessarily he's going to be the only player that uh, can do it, but I think he his presence within the team uh, will boost the confidence around uh, the club and uh, make them more confident that they maybe can push for, for top six uh, than what they have in recent years. He's certainly a player who needed a fresh start after... Um... After his time at Real Madrid, particularly last season, only played in eight games in La Liga, um, and wasn't exactly too often picked too much for Bayern when he was on loan the previous year. Uh, yeah, I don't think that can go wrong, especially especially for the transfer fee. Um, getting him for twenty two million, he is a player that you know potentially is worth eighty two million. If you get him in the right in the right mindset, get him at his best. Yeah. And he had a good game on the weekend as well, actually. Mm. Very good. It's just means to go on for him. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think he. I think he will be the best signing, and I think I think he'll. Um, although I don't go a lot of on uh, like stats and like they'll always prove that someone's like amazing. But I think the stats will do in favours. I think he'll get a few goals and assists, um, and I think him and uh, Ricardoson are going to work really well together. I reckon. Mm. I, th- I think especially. As a, as a club, I think Everton have done a great uh, job overall. We've seen um, how well Allen's uh, played in these Napoli sides, um, the likes of Sarri and Ancelotti in the past uh, few seasons, how well he's played, made a crucial part for them 
and he's sure to be a crucial part for Ancelotti. And we've seen Decore in the Premier League for how many years? He's been too good for Watford for two, three years now. Finally, get that move to a bigger club, and he's sure to um, sure to prove it for them. Yeah, I think Everton have done amazing transfer business, and obviously they've backed Ancelotti, mm. um, which Do- even having him at the club in the first place is insane to me. Um, oh, yeah, but I think. Incredible. I think, um, yeah, I think they they are they are going to compete for the top six. Even Mourinho said that they're going to like they're kind of fight for top four now with the team they've got and the manager. Uh, and I think I think it's kind of true. I think top four might be a bit too soon for them at the moment, but they can definitely fight for um, European places this season. Oh yeah, with the manager, their players they got going forward. Um... I think they just added, added a name or two in defence and they're pretty much sorted to put yeah, a challenge definitely. on, at least for top six. Yeah, agreed. Moving on from the best signing, I'll go to the worst one. Now I'm going to say it's one. James was going to be here, but currently also we get well soon, James, mate. But um, I'm going to take it on. I'm going to, I'll get to voice my displeasure on some of the worst signings we've seen in this January transfer window. Um, I think there's two that come to mind. I, I think there's one of them that I feel like it, it could work, and I'll, I'll say it right now, both of these guys are strikers. Start with the one I think could prove me wrong, and that'll be Ollie Watkins. I'll be honest, from what I've seen, I like what Massive he's seen. Massive price tag. That's the main thing about him. He's got an incredible record in the championship last year, what, 26 goals? Um, prove himself. But again, yeah, hasn't been in the Premier League. He hasn't got that Premier League experience that, you know, he cried out for. You've seen like the likes of like Timu Puki last year, the phenomenal season scoring the championship, come to the Prem. Obviously had a decent start, but, you know, the goals soon faded out. You wonder if that would be the same for him, and especially at 32, 33 million. <laughs> that seems like a huge ask for Aston Villa. Obviously yeah, did need a striker. Did need to bring him... I think probably someone like him, him in, and I might not be, I might not include him in the worst signing category if he was bought for you know twenty, maybe even twenty five million, even though that's still a bit steep for me. But for thirty two, then they expect him to change it all around. I'm happy for him to prove me wrong, but at the same time, it's it's a big ask and a yeah, big ask. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's, I think that's a ridiculous. I, I don't know. I don't know how they could have looked at uh, an email sent from the Brentford owners saying, yeah, we're asked for 33 million and they've gone, actually, yeah, you know what? We'll go for that. Don't get it. Don't get it at all. Um, but but the one I'm going to go for, um, I'm going to point more to, is the signing. Obviously, we we, pra- we praised these earlier and the way they've done their squad and they have made overall some great great signs. But to me, and people have been praising this, praising actually the fact they got him, a high-profile name like him. But Rodrigo from Valencia isn't the man who's screaming out to me as a as a person who's going to help them. Um, I've, well, to be honest, when I've seen him in the past, he has played well um, in the Valencia side. But for me, spending that much money on a guy who's, who's 29 years old who scored four goals in La Liga last year. I know that's not all his game. He's not not just a, a goal scorer. He sets the ball up as well. Gets plenty Concedes of penalties as well. Yeah, but we, you've seen him in his little cameo. I mean, it's worse than Patrick Bamford. I mean, come on, ruins a game, loses, um, um, loses, leaves their point that they were deservedly getting taken away. But obviously that's a factor that won't be part of his game. I feel that Leeds... Could use that money on again. Again, like we we talk about best signs earlier, how Callum Wilson, twenty million, a guy who pretty much, at least um, from his time at Bournemouth, got ten goals in the season each year. Are you getting that Rodrigo if you can only get four well, or four? Yeah, Valencia? I like to see Rodrigo do well, mainly because he's in my fantasy football. But uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't uh, yeah, I don't know. He's he's a bit of a weird one for me because I've I've seen him in a few games. I think he's done really well. But then there's also a couple of games where he, he just hasn't really done anything. So there was the Spain-Portugal uh, game in the UEFA Nations and he was missing quite a few chances. 
And that was when Leeds had just bought him. And I was thinking, if they've paid 25, 30 million for this player, I hope they're getting more than, than what I've just watched. They need, they needed a goal scorer coming up front because obviously Pam, Bamford's not going to be good enough for the Premier League starting week in and week out. And yeah, as you say, he's, he's highly thought of. He gets in the Spain squad, even though, to be honest, a striking situation in that Spain national team isn't exactly great if behind him is Alvaro Morata. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's um, it's get, gotten, a lot of, gotten a lot of praise where I just don't think he's just going to be a bit of a flop for them. And again, prove me wrong, Rodrigo. I'm sure you listen to this, and you're <laughs> when you score next week, you're gonna do a celebration aimed at me. But is what it is, and we move on. But yeah, I don't think I don't think it's gonna work out for them. But moving on, we have got me again, so I get to I get to bash some other players, but in a good way this time. We got the most improved section. Now there was a few players. I had in mind for this. I've gone for more of the high high profile names in the league. Sorry for the down the table. But um I've got a couple of players who who came off injury played years and I feel like they can take it to this next level pretty much again now now they are back fully fit. Um so I'm speaking to the likes of Ngolo Kante, Paul Pogba. Obviously you know how good Kante is every time he steps on the pitch, how much impact he makes. <laughs> But it's just coming on from where he was last season, he was a bit lost. And every time he'd come back, he wasn't at his at his peak fitness. So he was never at any point of the season, pretty much since, since the end of probably the season beforehand, sorry. Um, he hasn't been near his best, how near he was. I think he can get back to that quality that he's previously gone to. Now he's had a pre-season to get his fitness back. And pretty much the same with Pogba. We saw close to the end of the season how good he can be, and I think I think next with him, Bruno and uh, Van der Beek in that midfield. I mean, United have arguably got the best midfield in the league, and I think at his day, Pogba will be the best one at it. But going from a main point of view, and this has gone back into being the most improved. Again, going for the high profile names, so it's not necessarily some guy who's going to go from uh, being an absolute stinker. Um, Josh might vote for next but absolute stinker to the, the top dog but I've gone for Gabriel Zeus mainly because yeah, of the fact that, of that a great for me for me for me it's um, he always seems to get his chances and Aguero gets injured and again it's the point of Aguero's starting to get on now he's starting to get even more injured playing less games each year and I feel like this is the year where they transition from uh, Aguero to Jesus is the main guy and I think f- for me Pep's got a lot of faith in him Pep pretty ruthless with bringing players in and trying to strengthen areas of depth even even areas that doesn't even need strengthening but I mean you sit you haven't bought a number nine in years since pretty much since they bought Jesus because um, they've had the two going in and it, every time Jesus comes on he might not be that top tier striker, but he's always come on. He's always got goals. And if he's going to get the opportunities this season, we didn't mention him in the golden boot race, but he constantly gets about 13, 14 with the small chance he gets the season where he's going to be the number one striker for Man City, which I think he will do by about halfway, at least probably still now he can be right up there contending for that award. I think, um, I think we mentioned it in a previous episode on air. Um, where uh, I don't know if it was me or someone else, but it said this will be when the season that he will need to uh, play, start playing like really well because, like you're saying, like Aguero's looking, um, he's not going to be at the club for that much longer. Um, so I think this is going to be the season that he needs Gabriel Jesus needs to step up and show show what he's all about and prove that um, he is the new striker that can take the club forward. Yeah. And I'll, I'll back him to do so. But yeah, as we say, if he doesn't, if he proves me wrong in this case, they will go get a new striker at the end of the day. They will look for other options. Even if, even if January if it hasn't worked out. But I back Jesus to do well. I put this is a year. Again, it's, it's been years. They haven't bought anyone. Pep's got a lot of faith in him. This will be the season where Philly pays him back. 
becomes a new number nine. And I'm going to even say it now, the golden boot. Screw it. Um, let's go let's go right in with him I fully back him make sure we all remember this actually sorry I will back him he will come second because Timo Werner will get number one but oh right (laughs) (laughs) Tammy free Um, anyway we move on and um, we go to Josh's now we got we got the award for the biggest flop slash stinker now Josh said before this he's got a very controversial one now we all know josh has got very 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 controversial opinions on this podcast <laughs> um all, all in good faith but you know we'll see what he says this time um josh gone amaze us so i think the biggest flop and stinker well there's two people i had in mind don't say the one person it's not De Bruyne. <laughs> I reckon it's going to be a Chelsea player. It is going to be a Chelsea player. Yeah. And it's going to be their record signing. Damn, bro. And I, I just Oh, think, he's basing it off one game. No, 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 no. It's a lot of money. He's young. There's a lot of hype around him. This is Havertz, by the way. Huh? Yeah, Havertz, yeah. yeah. Havertz. Like, um, there's so much hype around him. And it's whether he can deal with that kind of pressure. And he's moved from Leverkusen, who are like, what, Europa League? So he's making that step up as well. I just think it's a lot of ingredients that are going to add up and he might end up flopping. Might be good like next year, but I think he's going to take a long time to settle in the league and figure it out and learn how it plays and stuff like that. I mean, yes. And, And plus today he did look. He did, may as well have not been on the pitch. Didn't look great. <laughs> I think it was that position, though. Yeah, yeah. we should have played him. Yeah, he was. Not in the right. But the person that I've gone for to have the biggest stinker is Sadio Mane. All right. I Get think out. Explain, Sad- all. <laughs> Explain yourself. I know he didn't have a again. He didn't L- have a Liverpool, great first game. Liverpool fans have, have just turned off. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Tom. But. Um, <laughs> No, I think because apparently Barcelona are interested in him. And I think that will be enough to turn his head. It will be like no. similar to what happened with Zaha last season. I think the move will never materialise. Mane will just be annoyed because he wanted to move. But he's never, ex- Barca- but he's never expressed that, though. You've never no, really seen that from him. You Mane, have with Zaha. He's a you've very you've always known... humble guy. Yeah, I think you've always seen from Zaha that his attitude does stink when his head does get turned. I don't think that's the same with Mane. I don't yeah, even think Zaha is that bad to be honest, but hang on no, a minute. Hang on a bit. So what you're saying, are you saying that because of the interest with Barcelona, Mane could be the flop of the season? Yeah, because I think his head his head will turn and I think his form will dip. I don't think it will. I think to me, obviously, don't play professional football, but if, if it was me and I saw uh, a Barcelona that was going down the pan uh, versus a Liverpool side that uh, are pretty much dominating Premier League in Europe, well, I wouldn't say Europe, actually, because obviously they, <laughs> they crashed out Champions League, but it, I would, I, I don't know, I don't think he'd, I don't think it, obviously it would cross his mind, but I don't think he'd think too hard about it. Liverpool's certainly a more attractive option at the moment. Yeah. yeah, but Barcelona is literally just their name, isn't it? Like any footballer wants to either play for Real Madrid or Barcelona. I would agree if uh, if it wasn't the Messi situation at the moment. If it was before that, but six Pun months intended. ago, <laughs> uh, if it was six months ago, I would have um, uh, I would have maybe agreed by saying that heads could be turned, but. I mean, no, I guess, I, I, guess I, I guess you could say with him that being 28, 29, whatever he is, that, you know, he hasn't got his whole career ahead of him and, he, you know, he's got a thing in the future and if he's going to have a big move, another big move, it's probably going to be around that at this time. So it's whether he does take that move to Barca, which I don't, I don't think would happen. Particularly, I, I think they're getting Memphis to pie in to, to get that role. So that seems to be filling. But... um whether he takes that move to a next club or he stays on with Liverpool, and I don't see why, to be honest, with the culture Klopp's built there, you would leave that. 
I don't think Marley's the sort of guy who try and spur a move away. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, there's no surely there's no way that Sergio Mane can sit there and be like, oh, I could work with Coleman again, even though he's got Klopp next to him, like giving him all this praise and whatnot. Nah, nah. You're deluded, mate. You are deluded. I don't know. I just feel like Mane was like such an inconsistent player for so long, and it's like he's turned consistent now to an extent. What, Josh? To, to, what? I don't know what you're extent. trying to say here. Yeah, are you, this is, mate. The last like three seasons, he's like turned on. You can't base what happened at Southampton him not like being consistent. He was arguably after De Bruyne, the best player in the league last year. Josh, he was in our bloody uh, team of the season. He got he's got twenty goals, but his performances offer a lot more than that. Even without the goals, whereas like you could say about Salah, maybe does it always give it the performance and he can be a bit selfish. Mane could be the opposite of that. I guess more reason why I expected to flop. <laughs> <laughs> oh my days, man! I mean, I guess you could say you're off to a good start because you didn't have the best game. Um, best game on Saturday, but <laughs> that's it's gone from controversial to I think, to be honest, you might have had a stinker here, Josh. You might have to give the award for yourself. No, we're not scrapping it, we're keeping it in. If, there, if it there's got to be, if there's got to be a woeful opinion award, yeah, we're gonna, we can, Marne, if you're listening, we're not going to give you this award, <laughs> we're instead giving it. To Josh, congratulations. <laughs> we'll move on. Yeah, because um, I I don't see how you're going to fight any more, have any more fight in you, Josh, with this. Because I think you just got a losing battle. But <laughs> we go on to our last accolade of the day, and it is the biggest one of them all. The player of the season. Does Kevin De Bruyne retain his crown for last year? Or does the biggest stinker, Sadio Mane, <laughs> get the award this year? Or would it be someone else? Lewis, go on. Uh, get to so uh, I've I've got three names and I can't actually pick. So I think um, this is going to be down to you two, to be honest. Uh, so I've got the current player of the season with Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, I've also got who we mentioned for who could get top goal scorer in Mohamed Salah. And uh, who we also mentioned, uh, Pierre-Emerick or Bamiyang. I can't really pick between them. I would, I would like to think uh, De Bruyne would get it just because he's just levels above anyone else at the moment. Um, but I do think Salah or Bamiyang could sneak in there. They could, but... <laughs> I don't think anyone's getting close to KDB. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. He's, he's just, yeah, as you say, he's on another level to everyone else in this in this league right now. Um, his options haven't exactly slowed down. Sterling's pretty much getting better. They brought in Mares, who's going to most likely have another good season. Jesus, is, as I was saying earlier, is going to be the most improved player. He's going to get golden boots somehow. Second, sorry. That's Werner. But... Yeah, the assist is just going to be flying in. I think even if he improves his, um, which is already good anyway, so but his goal scoring record, if he can improve that somehow, that would be just the next step to being making his name in Premier League history as one of arguably the way he's going at least one of the best midfielders we've had. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um... But but going going from the other options, obviously you had a Bamiyang and um, and Salah. What do you think they need to do? Is it Particularly, particularly in a um, a Bamian point of view, but you can say it's about Salah improve their performances, not just on their goals. Then, yeah, I was, I was literally just about, yeah, I was literally just about to say. I reckon uh, it's literally what you said earlier in Salah that he can be that selfish player, and I still he has. Um, I have often every time I watch Liverpool, there's almost every game I've watched of Salah and thought that's a selfish opportunity that you could have um, given to someone else. Um, so I think in terms of Salah, I think he needs to improve on the just like teamwork kind of player. 
Uh, obviously, he's like fundamental in that Liverpool team. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but I reckon if he if he um, passes when he should or whatever, uh, I think that will improve his game like massively. Um, and in terms of Aubameyang, um, oh, I don't really know on him. Like, there, there's just something about him where I think he he's really good, but I can't quite pinpoint what it is that I don't think he could uh, like come third or fourth in in the run up. I, th- I think for him, it might be a case of if he can get asked, if he can get Arsenal in that place up up the table, if he can get him into the top four, if he can get him further. Even you know we, we're we're saying crazy things here because Arsenal aren't doing this, hopefully. Um, but you know, getting like the likes of second, definitely I'll get him first. But if they get him, <laughs> they get him. If he gets him higher up the table, it would be because of his performances. Not just the goals. We know we can. He you know he's going to get twenty plus goals a year. Yeah, but if he can contribute further to the team somehow, which is yeah, already, if it, he, if it, it'd, be, it'd be like um, when Gareth Bale was at Tottenham. If if he can be that kind of player, um, I think he could he could be in the running. But what about what about some other names there? What about the likes of maybe a guy who keeps improving each year, Raheem Sterling? He just always seems to get outshined. Yeah, it sounds a bit stupid, but I feel like it's too early for him to win it. I don't, I don't know, I don't know what makes me think that I say it, but I think it's kind of, I feel like there's still a lot for him to, to learn at the moment. I, I don't think he, I think he's still developing as a player, and I, I don't think he's at his potential yet. And I think uh, in two or three seasons, then it, it can happen for him. I think I think with him obviously the thing that sort of rules him out is the thing that he's going to be that number two attacking threat. KDB is always going to be that number one that you look at. So if you try and nominate him, you always look at oh well they got the point. You saying he's better than the point? He has a bit of impact for the team. No, so, um, yeah. but so but someone who does rotate in with the best form for them is um, for a different team. So we with comparing with Mo Salah for Liverpool. Um, the biggest flop, Stinker, um, <laughs> Sadio Mane. <laughs> Can he take his game to the next level? And oh, hard to get that one. Because we, we, yeah, we, as we were saying earlier, he was most likely, in my, my opinion, the second best player of the league last year. Yeah, I think. Yeah, hundred percent. I think. I think he could be up there. Um, that's the thing. The thing about this whole argument is players improving in areas. Um, they're their weakest at the moment, and it's kind of actually made me realise that maybe De Bruyne will win it because he doesn't really have many weaknesses in his game. Um, but yeah, so, yeah, with Sadio Mane, he can. I don't think he will be that person. Um, I don't know. There's this kind of something about him that I don't think he can uh, get better. I don't know. I'll go for one other name that I will ask you consideration on. Someone who came in in January and took lead by storm and was arguably oh, no. up up with the Bruno as one of the best players Bruno. during that time. Uh, Keith's favourite, Bruno Fernandes. I mean, if he carries on the form that he started in January and carries it through throughout the season, then I think he could arguably be second behind Kevin De Bruyne. With the way that he's affected Man United, I mean more more than one goal or assist per game in the Premier League last year for him. The the risk with uh, Fernandez that I've got with him is that I feel like people are going to view him uh, for far too long as that guy that changed the Man United dressing room. So I feel like when he joined in January, I feel like yeah that was needed at the time, but this is this is the point where. Um, uh, he needs to make it about his game now instead of just what he can do, telling people to get fired up or, or whatnot. So overall, you're going for... Uh, I'm going to have to go for De Bruyne. Going for De Bruyne. I don't think anyone will question him repeating his crown. But we'll go through, should go through the six accolades we're getting out today. The Golden Boot Award, Josh's, Josh's opinion was... Pierre Emerick Bamiang. The best sign in Lewis's opinion, 
is a former Puskas winner, James Rodriguez. The worst signing, from my opinion, I might mention Ollie Watkins, but I'd get given it to Rodrigo from Leeds. If he can prove me wrong, I change my mind. Again, from my point, the most improved player. We've gone to the new, or what I think will be a new number nine for City, Gabriel Jesus. The biggest flop, stinker award or accolade. Um, we're not going to give it to Sadio Mane, even though what Josh said. Um, sorry, Sadio, but we're just giving it to Josh because <laughs> <laughs> because I just don't feel this right <laughs> for giving it to Mane. Um, the player of the season doesn't go to Mane. Um, unfortunately, it does go to, as we said, Kevin De Bruyne. Bye bye. Your goal, please. Huh? Your goal. No comprendo. Golazo. Beauty. Golazo. Beautiful or not beautiful? Me? Yeah. Golazo. Beautiful. Golazo. English, please. Ah. Beautiful. beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Predictions time. This isn't the time we're going to be redoing the um, Stinker Award as Josh wanted to, as he's already wanted to backtrack on his words, but. <laughs> <laughs> you said it now you made your point you got to hope Marnie has <laughs> a stinker but we move History on in the making we'll see if he does this this Sunday last last week all of us apart from Josh in fact <laughs> correct, correctly guessed Liverpool <laughs> would have an opening day win against Leeds although none of us quite expected the game to be quite like it was we're going very Sky Sports and keeping the attention on the Reds. Although the game versus Chelsea is easily, easily the biggest of the week. And we can only go for the best here in the Playing Offside podcast. Liverpool looked nervy last week, especially Stinker Sadio Mane. But um, <laughs> will the repeat? <laughs> will the same repeat against Chelsea and their new signings? Josh, are you going to bat Liverpool this week? Uh, I th- I think Leeds would have given them a kick up the arse that they needed. I think that I think they'll see Chelsea as a, a bigger game and they'll shove up for it. But and uh, Chelsea didn't look at the races, so I think it could just go either way. I'm really not sure, but I think Liverpool will stand up and uh, they'll probably edge it. To be honest, sorry, Dino. <laughs> it's all right, mate. It's all right. You know, think, they are the champions. Uh... <laughs> After after watching Chelsea against Brighton, uh, if Chelsea play like that again against Liverpool, I think Liverpool are going to uh, smack them. Yeah. So I, I think I'm going to go either for uh, 2-1 Liverpool or 2, uh, 3-1 Liverpool. What was your um, scoreline, Josh? I was going to say 3-2 Liverpool. Too. I, I think personally, I, I was very tempted to, you know, bat us all the way and get a win. But you know, after after the, after the game today, even though Liverpool didn't exactly um, weren't their best as well on Saturday, we do look a bit behind it, and we we're still suffering from a few injuries. Still need to bring in the likes of Thiago, and hopefully we get a goalkeeper signed. But even if we do, he probably won't be ready by that game. Um, anyway. But I will back enough to help us get a draw against the champions. I do think this would be this game. Timo Werner, who did look very, very bright uh, Monday night, to get his first goal for the club um, against the club that I was trying to sign him. But, I mean, for us, we've always got a goal we're going to concede with Kepper in. So I think Liverpool do get one themselves. Probably a Mo Salah or Trent Alexander-Arnold screamer. They always seem to do it against us. So, But I will back us to get a draw. Liverpool seem to have mistaken him as well, so why not? 1-1. One, one. Oh, that's great. We'll go 2-2. Two, 2-2. Two. Two, two. Back it all the way. There'll be, be a goal fest. I'm going to go for 3-1, Liverpool. 2-2, two, 3-1, two, Liverpool. And was three, it 3-2, Josh? Yeah. We'll find out the yeah, predictions three, Predictions from um, uh, James, Keith and Matt Uh Ahead of ahead of um, the game on the weekend. That's that for another episode. Thanks once again to Josh and Lewis for joining me today. Make sure to keep updated with the podcast and the latest news by following our socials 
at playing.offside on Instagram and at playing.offside on Twitter. It's not too late to join our fantasy league, although you will be a week behind. Feel free to look on the Twitter and Instagram pages to see what the code is. Currently, well on Dan Pierce, you're leading the group. Any topics you feel like we should discuss, feel free to contact us on our socials as well. New episodes go live every week. As you may have seen now, we're going for Tuesday uploads instead of Mondays, so it doesn't interfere with the uh, Monday night football games. But yeah, until then, thanks for listening. Have a great week. You've got a fucking die to get three points. And they're here. I wouldn't even let them on the bus after the match. I get a taxi back to Manchester. <laughs> it's a fact. I'm not playing mind games. I'm talking about facts. He can't take it, can he? He can't take it. He just can't take it. Boom. <laughs> <laughs>